The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Family Matters with your host, Dr. Virginia Collin. In this program, we will explore some of the challenges families face and the solutions they create in today's world, where marriage, parenting, and family forms are not what they once were. Now, here is Dr. Virginia Collin. My guest today is Jessica Rector, founder of the SingleMomMovement.com. I actually don't know Jessica very well yet. But I do know that she had a really interesting life before she even became a mom. So today, mostly, we're going to be talking about single moms and how the world they live in affects their lives and what they need and, you know, how we can help them out. But before we get to talking about single moms, I want to give Jessica a chance to tell you about the very interesting life she had, which resulted in her writing a book whose title I have forgotten for the moment. It's Living Your Best Live Life? Live Your Greatest Life. Live Your Greatest Life, not Best yep. Life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you had a TV show. You had a couple college degrees, an MBA. You were going to Africa. What? what <laughs> tell us about what your life was like before you even became a mom. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on the show, Virginia. I really appreciate it. So I thought I was living my greatest life, which hence the title of the book, right? So Mm -hmm. I graduated college, and I was one of those people that I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life. And so I had school. And while I was in grad school, I had a really fantastic opportunity to study abroad. And I had three options, London, Australia, and Norway. And I'd already been to London at that point, and I'd always wanted to go to Australia. So you would think, well, wow, that's where she's going to choose, right? But since I'd always wanted to go there, I was like, no, I'm going to choose Norway because I know I'm going to go to Australia at a different point in my life. But who says I want to go to Norway on vacation? No one, right? So I chose Norway, and it actually ended up being one of the best decisions I could have made. I met some really amazing people and I got to experience a variety of different cultures and and that's really kind of where my bug of traveling started happening. I traveled interna- I've traveled internationally, you know, several times to tens of different countries and I was skydiving, parasailing, uh, shark diving. I lived in Africa for several months and doing some volunteer work. And while I was over there, I went shark diving, which sounds really scary, and it was, but it was also extremely fascinating at the same time. And so I thought, could life get any better than this? I Once I got my MBA a few years later, I had a talk show out in Los Angeles. I had moved to Los Angeles, and I had a talk show out there. And then I went back and got a third college degree in broadcast journalism to learn the different facets of having a talk show. And then after I had that, I wrote my book, Live Your Greatest Life, because that's what I thought I was doing. I was living my life to the fullest. 
and really enjoying every aspect of it. And so I wanted to help women to and teach them that they could do the same thing and really discover what it is that they wanted to do and how they could start doing it. And so that was kind of my life before motherhood, if you will. And interesting enough, I was doing all that and I wrote a book and had it published. And um, when it was published, about a month before it was actually published is when I found out that I was pregnant. Um, and so I was a single mom from the beginning. And then that took me on a whole different kind of whirlwind ride, if you will. Okay. And I think that we need to hear a little bit about that ride. I think that uh, in the beginning, it was very hard for you to discover that you needed to make this transition and figure out how to do it. You went through some tough times. You figured some stuff out. Eventually, you became a coach to other single moms. What was that that like? What What was the process like for you? Well, you know, to be honest, Virginia, it was it was really challenging. You know, I had great big plans for my life. I had big vision for my life. And being a single mom was was never even remotely in that vision. And so my first thought whenever I found out I was pregnant was my career, my career, my career, my career that I'd worked so hard for. Now I just saw going up in smoke. I just thought, okay, now I'm going to have to go in corporate America work eight to five, hate every minute of it. How, how am I going to do this? Because I've got to have a more stable environment in order to raise my child. And so I felt like I would have to give up a part of who I was in order to do that. And so it really kind of threw me in a tailspin, if you will, because I had worked so hard and been so focused on my career for so long. I, you know, maybe in a way I didn't even know who I was outside of working on this career. You know, yeah, I did some some really amazing, fun, adventurous stuff, you know, trying to find out who I was. But if I didn't have my career, kind of where did that leave me? And so I did a lot of thinking and I was actually at a summit and this guy got on stage and he was talking about something and how he introduced his topic was, he said, why do you guys do what you do? And people raised their hand and said, oh, it's my passion. Oh, I'll make a difference. Oh, I love it. This kind of stuff. And then he put a picture of his kids up. And this was about three months after I had my son that I went to this. He put a picture of his kids up. And he said, this is why I do it. And I immediately started crying. Because, you know, I was already a little bit emotional because it was really my first time leaving my son. i have been gone all day. It was my first time um, away from him for that length of time. But also because I realized, Virginia, that I can't sit here and tell my son that he can be and do anything he wants to if I'm not doing it myself. And so at that point, I made the decision that no matter what it took, I would still focus on my career, focus on my baby and make it work and make it happen and find the balance that was not only going to work for me, but work for my family as well. And so that's what I started off doing. You know, was it challenging? Absolutely. Were there ups and downs? Absolutely. Were, you know, were there nights when I went on like an hour or two of sleep? Of course. But I really, in my heart of hearts, knew that I couldn't tell my child, yes, go out there and be and do anything. And and yet mommy's not doing the same thing for herself. And I think a lot of times that's what we as moms need to do is just give ourselves permission 
to to go out there and still put ourselves in the mix, if you will, put ourselves in our own lives and not be so focused on kids, 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 because a lot of it, that's really what moms just tend to be about is they focus so much on their kids and they love them. They forget, they forget about themselves. They forget that they matter. They forget about their dreams and their hopes and, and everything like that. So I just wanted to teach my son a lesson that, you know, mommy's telling you you can do it, but she's also living her life that way too. And not, not feeling like that she's choosing one over the other, but that she's choosing family over, over anything. So that's what was, that was what was really important for me. And then in, in the process of doing that, I started coaching single moms because at first, you know, it was like, I heard this little voice, Oh, you need to work with single moms. And I was like, no, no. Um, and, and then I was like, you know what, there's something, there's something to this. I need to work with single moms. And so I did, I started coaching single moms and I started working one-on-one with them and and doing a lot of research and finding out where they are and what they need and, and really what they're about and um, their hopes and their dreams and their struggles and their challenges out, outside of myself because, you know, I, I'm not every single mom. And for me, the best method was to get out there and really just do one-on-one research, if you will, with single moms and just and just talk to them and ask and ask them because so oftentimes society forgets about single moms and forgets about their importance and, and their contribution to the world and their contribution to future generations. And so I needed to get out there and just and talk with them. And you know, the most amazing thing happened, Virginia, is that which which I guess I should back up just a little bit. So when I became pregnant, um, outside of my family and two friends, I didn't tell anybody. So I would go out and network and nobody knew I was pregnant because at the time I had um, a, a coaching business, but it was for women and it wasn't based on single moms. And so it was specifically geared towards women. And so I would go out and meet people and nobody ever knew I was pregnant. I never shared that part of myself with people. And I didn't recognize it at the time. It, a- it actually took about a, uh, my son being about a year old for me to recognize the shame that I had around being a single mom. And what happened was um, at about seven months pregnant, I came out, so to speak, of my pregnancy through a blog called The Clueless Mom. I started feeling very overwhelmed and very stressed trying to, I mean, with very, very minor things, looking back, it's almost comical, like picking out a stroller and a crib and, you know, picking out a name and all these kind of things, all this pressure that that we put on ourselves, right? And I felt very easily overwhelmed. And so, and also on the flip side of that, I felt like nobody really understood what I was going through. Um, friends and family, as much as they wanted to support me and help me, really didn't know what to say because they'd really never been through it. And I felt very alone and isolated. And then I was about seven months pregnant and I started coming out through a blog. And what was interesting is I got so much positive feedback. And that's really when I started focusing on, okay, maybe this there's a little bit more to this. So when I would go out networking, I started coming out of my shell and I started being more authentic with people and telling them, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm a single mom. And the most amazing thing happened is 
everybody said either I'm a single mom, I was raised by a single mom, my sister, my friend, my, you know, coworker, everybody knows a single mom. And so that gave me such positive reinforcement. So it allowed me, it gave me permission to keep sharing that part about myself, to really keep being authentic. But what it also did was gave the recipient something that they could take and they could say, okay, here's someone being vulnerable and sharing something very personal about herself. And that's awesome. So now I can do the same. And it gave them permission to open up and tell me more about themselves. Because, you know, it's hard to be vulnerable, Virginia. It's, it's hard to share, you know, those kind of intimate details with people not knowing how they're going to react or what they're going to say or do. And so we, we as people just tend to keep that to ourselves. And yet we look at vulnerability and say, oh, that's awesome that they can be vulnerable. That's so brave. That's so courageous in other people. Yet we think it's weakness in ourselves. But yet... The recipient wants to see us be vulnerable. We like it in other people. We just don't like it so much in ourselves. And so that's what I started doing is I just started becoming more authentic and vulnerable with all, with all these people that I would meet. And um, the crazy thing happened is that I was more more accepted and, you know, letting down your walls. People see you for who you are and, and people start really liking you and they start really connecting with you and you start forming this bond with people. And that's when things really started kind of taking on a snowball effect for me personally, but for my business as well as when I started saying, you know what, okay, I need to start working with single moms. You know, they, they need the help. They need the support. They need the resources. And that's when things really started transforming for me in personal life and in business life. I see. So originally it sounds as if you were steering toward a career in broadcast journalism and that kind of shifted you became yeah. more interested in coaching right and and then focused in on single moms did you have to deal with um you know people being critical or mean to you or judgmental um, I think I, that's that's one of the fears that a lot of single moms have yeah. that they're going to get judged and and not be treated well if they talk about their status. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because that that's a huge thing, which is also what I thought, which is why I kept my pregnancy a secret for seven months because I didn't want to hear the stereotypes and the judgments and the stigmas and all that out there about a single mom because. I didn't feel like I fell, I fell into those, you know, it's, it's, it's what the media portrays about single motherhood on TV. And I didn't feel like I fell into that. And I just quite frankly, didn't want to hear about it, but because it was shame, it was because I was so ashamed of, of being a single mom because I knew better. And, and how could this happen to me and me of all people, you know, that, that was my per- perspective back then. And I think a lot of single moms feel that way. Like, how could this happen to me? Whether, you know, I had big visions for my life or whether I thought I was happy in my marriage and, you know, whatever. It's like they sit there and think, but me, how could that happen to me? And the thing is, is single motherhood doesn't have a stereotype. Single motherhood doesn't, you know, it's everybody. And it literally is everybody, no matter how much money you make, no matter your race, no matter your age, single motherhood affects everyone at any stage in their life and so, or any adult adult stage in their life I should say 
um, or even late teen stage sometimes in their life. But but that's just it is that there, there really isn't a stereotype for single moms. But of course I felt that. Of, um, oh, my God, the first seven months, that's all I felt. But what I realized is once I acknowledged the shame around it and once I – now, I, I did a lot of work around the shame around it because once it was presented, because, you know, it's shameful to say shame, Virginia, so we don't say shame. We say, oh, I feel guilty about it, or I feel embarrassed or humiliated. We use those words instead of saying, no, there's a lot of shame around being a single mom. And so I'm really taking the power out of shame for single moms. And that's really what I want to do. I want single moms to really realize there's no shame. There's absolutely no shame because what's interesting about shame is that every single person in the world has shame. Everyone has shame. It's just easier to brush under the rug or ignore or live in denial than to say the word shame because shame has such a negative connotation. But when we take the power out of shame and take back the control of what it is that we feel shame around, then the shame dissipates. It, it goes away. <laughs> That's a really important thing to have discovered. And we're going to take a break now and we'll come back to that. I'm talking with Jessica Rector of the singlemommovement.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. 
I'm talking with Jessica Rector of the Single Mom Movement. We've been talking about the different ways that people become single moms and how many of them feel ashamed of having arrived in that role or in that status. You know, sometimes people will get there by getting divorced and they feel ashamed of that. And sometimes they get there because they didn't marry in the first place and they feel ashamed of that. And Jessica has learned what single moms need to do about that sense of shame. So you're up, Jessica. Yeah. So, well, the first thing is, is they really need to recognize that it is shame. I mean, call it what it is. You know, don't say, you know, you feel guilty or embarrassed or humiliated, which we tend to use those words because they're not quite as harsh or negative as using the word shame, but call it what it is. It's shame. We, you know, oftentimes the shame doesn't need to just be like all out in your face shame. I was talking with someone one time who was saying how her daughter was about to turn nine and they were having a birthday party for her. And she wanted to have certain people over. And she said, well, no, let's just invite A, B, C, and D people instead. And those people were not on the list of the people she invited. But the mom wanted those people because those parents knew that she was a single mom. The girls that her daughter wanted to invite, those parents didn't know she was a single mom. And so in talking with this lady, I told her, you know, that's shame. And she's like, well, no. And I said, do you realize what you just said? You're telling your child who she can invite to her birthday party based on the parents who know you're a single mom because you don't want other parents to know because there's shame around it. And she said, wow, I never realized that until you just said that. So shame doesn't have to be right up in your face shame. Shame can manifest itself in little, small, subtle ways throughout our lives like that. And we don't even realize what we're doing. But what's interesting is our kids may not recognize that as shame, but our kids pick up on it as mommy doesn't want me to invite these people because uh, they don't know that mommy and daddy are divorced. So, and kids pick up on those things without us ever having to verbally say them. And then what happens is that manifests themselves, that manifests in our children. So, and that affects our children's schoolwork. It affects their relationships, whether it's with a teacher or peers, it affects their self-esteem. So it's not just about shame manifesting in our own lives and with ourselves. It really manifests through our kids and what we're teaching our kids to be okay and not okay. And so we really need to be hyper aware of that, if you will, um, and how it's really trickling down to our children as well. So the easiest thing, well, not the easiest thing, but in order to resolve it, we need to recognize shame for what it is and become shame resilient. And what that means is we need to practice empathy with other people. So even if it's something that, you know, Virginia, if you've never been a single mom, but if your friend is telling you, you know, about a situation and it pertains to her being a single mom, you just need to show show her compassion and empathize with her because maybe something similar happened in your own life with your children at school or something and not necessarily with you being a single mom, but you can relate to her situation in a different way. And so we just need to practice compassion for other people, especially single moms and single parents. But also as single moms, we need to practice compassion for ourselves and with ourselves and cut ourselves a break because one thing about single motherhood is that we don't get breaks. 
you know, we don't get timeouts, we don't get breaks, rarely do we get vacations, you know, and so we need to practice that with ourselves and just cut ourselves a little slack and not be so hard on ourselves with everything. Because the thing is, is nobody in the world is doing it all and doing it all perfectly. We, we think that we're the only ones not doing it well. Well, we're really not doing it well and not doing it all is the norm. Nobody's doing it all and doing it perfectly. So we need, we need to tap into that and give ourselves permission to be okay with the way we're doing it and how we're doing it and, and really look at and see what's working in our lives and what isn't working in our lives and what isn't working. There are definitely ways that you can fix what isn't working. I mean, there's a, you know, you can get help, there's resources, there's books, there's all kinds of stuff. But if you don't ever tackle the shame around it, you're never going to be able to progress. You're never going to be able to grow. You're never going to be able to really see how it's manifesting in your kids and how it's really going to affect their lives when they get older and, and, and what you're teaching them. Because I really believe in, you know, for us to lead by examples, especially as single moms, because we're usually the one in the house the most with, with the kids and um, in, in teaching our kids so much. So if we need to lead by example, if we want them to be the adults that, you know, they need to grow up to be. Okay, so that's a lot about the challenges that single moms faced. And I remember this, too, from the part of my life when I was a single mom. It's hard. You're on duty 24-7. There's nobody else there to deal with it if a child has a fever in the middle of the night or if one of your kids throws a rock at some other kid. Yeah, yeah. you're on duty all the time. That's that's one of the hardest things. Yeah, that is true. So my recommendation about that is get a support network. Absolutely. It sounds as if you had you had some you had a network of some sort. You had family members and friends you could talk to and probably they pitched in with babysitting when you needed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's, I love how you say that because I think that's the most vital thing for single moms, the most vital things for single moms is to have support. And, you know, family and friends are great, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're really priceless. But I encourage single moms to have a support system of other single moms because it's really, it, it really transforms your life when you're around other people who get it, who understand, who you feel like, oh, my gosh, this is my tribe. You know, I can say anything to these women. They're not going to judge me. They're not going to think less of me. They're going to, you know, welcome me with a great big hug and love me and accept me and, and really pour into me what I need. And, and when you don't have that, single motherhood is extremely isolating. And when you don't have that, it's almost as though you're slowly dying on the inside because you don't have a partner that you can bounce ideas off of. You don't have a partner who you can, you know, who gives you encouragement that you're not failing as a parent because every parent at one time or another feels like they're pa- failing or letting their kids down or disappointing their kids or not living up to some expectation, not feeling good enough. And you don't have that. You don't have somebody who encourages you and says, oh, my God, you did a fantastic job today. Keep at it. You're making the best decisions. You're, you know, whatever. You don't have that encouragement. You don't have that reassurance. Um, 
And, and so often I never realized how much I needed reassurances when I became a mom. It's like I, sometimes you just need somebody to tell you you're doing a great job. Oh, my gosh, you did so wonderful. Look at look at who your child's becoming. And it's all because you you need you need that um, it, just for your soul to grow and thrive. And that's why I think it's so vital to be around other single moms because they get that and they will give that to you. They help you, you know, kind of guide you through your journey, your challenges, your struggles, but then also encourage you with your hopes and dreams and, um, and, and just really love and accept you. And when you find a place like that, it makes all the difference in the world because you could have the worst day possible. And then you get around that tribe, that group of other single moms who get it. And they say, oh, yes, honey, I've been there. I have been there. I mean, you know, I mean, just think like when you first have a baby and and you're not sleeping at all. And then you get your first like good sleep since you've had your baby, like the baby slept through the night and you're so, so, so excited, you know. People, you want to be around people who can relate to that, who jump up and down that excited for you that, oh my gosh, or you made it through one day and you didn't cry today, or, you know, you want people on your side like that. And so that's why I think it's imperative for single moms to be around other single moms, even if it's virtually, you know, in person's awesome, but, you know, so often in single moms, you know, we don't have a lot of time um, to, to meet other people in person. But even that's, if it's virtually, that's true. Most most single moms have to have jobs because mm-hmm. more often than not, they're the primary source of financial support for their kids. Mm-hmm. So you've got a full time job, you've got a full time twenty four seven child. It doesn't leave a lot of time for hanging out with any set of your friends. Right. So I'm guessing that that these kinds of things fed into your creating the single mom movement. Would you like to tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Does. Let me just touch on your point for just a minute though. I think, I think single moms need to give themselves permission to get away from their kids because you know, it, it's interesting. Single moms say, Oh no, I, I really want to meet up with other single moms. I really want to get out there and, and meet up and have play dates. But then when they're presented the opportunity to do that, they can come up with any excuse in the book to not do it because, you know, they're, they're too tired or they're too worn out or whatever. But, but the thing is, is they need to give themselves permission to be around in person other women like them whether it's the girls night out or whether it's you know the the kids getting together to play they need that companionship in person and so oftentimes they're tired and it's just easier to stay home than to go out and drive somewhere and meet people and all that kind of stuff but they need to do that not only for themselves but for their kids because you know single moms if single moms are not happy they're not giving them, giving themselves me time as i call it if they're not giving themselves that time and not only does you know detrimental damage to them it also affects their kids because kids want their moms to be happy they want them to be thriving well, when you're not spending time on yourself, and I always say start with 15 minutes of me time a day. It's not a lot, but it's enough that 
because that 15 minutes lets you center yourself. It lets you become balanced and at peace and it helps you relax. If you're going, 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 going for everyone else but yourself, you can't keep giving. You can't keep letting out that fuel if you don't refuel yourself because at the end of the day, there's going to be nothing left to give to your kids. And then you'll become, you'll snap easily or you'll yell or you'll break down and you won't know, quote unquote, why you're breaking down or what it's about. And, and it's because you keep giving, 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 and you're not spending any time to replenish or re-energize or rejuvenate yourself. And so it's imperative that single moms do it not only for themselves, but for their kids because it makes them a better mom when they're spending even a little bit of time on themselves and their hobbies and their interests, whether it's reading or, you know, meeting up with a girlfriend or meditating. They need that time to come back to center, if you will, and really refuel their own soul. Otherwise, they can't keep giving to their kids. That's a really important point. And I think that actually applies to all kinds of moms and all kinds of dads. If you're not taking care of yourself, it's almost impossible to take good care of a child. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but the thing is, that's not what we're taught. That's not what we're taught in society. Society tells us that if you're focused on yourself at all as a parent, then you're being selfish. It's going to be at the detriment to your kids. Um, how are you a good mom if you know, you're putting yourself first? Well, I say in order to be a good mom, you have to put yourself first. doesn't mean you love your kids any less, but you have to put yourself first because, A, what is it teaching your kids if you don't? But, B, how are you going to keep having that energy, having that enthusiasm, having that passion for your kids if you you are beat down all the time because then that becomes the norm for your kids. Mommy's beat down. Mommy's tired. Mommy doesn't want to do anything. Mommy wants to stay inside. Mommy wants to lay down. And, and what is that? That That's not benefiting you, and it certainly isn't benefiting your kids, and you're not fully present for your kids when, when you're like that anyways. You're not in the present moment enjoying your kids, enjoying the moments. You're, you're too run down, but it's because you're not replenishing and refueling yourself. Got it. I do want to make sure that we get around to talking some about the single mom movement. Yeah. We've got a couple minutes left. We have just a couple minutes before the next break. Okay. So how does how how does how do you help single moms connect with each other and help each other? How do you get started? You know, if I were a single mom and I felt like my life is in bad shape, I'm not doing well with my child, I'm not taking good care of myself, and I heard there's a single mom movement out there. What would be my first step? The first thing that you can do is go to the single mom movement.com and you can download our free list of resources. It's 50 resources. Every single mom needs. You can um, sign up for that and download that. And then we also periodically send you updates through our newsletter and strategies and, and proven techniques. That's, best practices and stuff like that to, to get you in tune with, you know, different things that people are doing right now. We're really focused on the holidays and helping single moms through the holidays because this is a really stressful time um, of year for them when it's the holiday season. And so we're focusing a lot on that. We have a blog. You can also go to facebook.com slash single mom movement. We have a very active 
page on Facebook where single moms are always commenting and, and sharing, which I love because it's a it's a great community. And then when we when we get back from break, I'll tell you a little bit about how single moms can get the support that they need um, through something that we offer. Okay, that sounds like a great place for us to take a break. And I'll be back with Jessica Rector of the Single Mom Movement in a couple of minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. I'm talking today with Jessica Rector of the Single Mom Movement. You're about to hear a lot more about how this movement came into being and what's happening with it. Jessica? Yay! Thanks, Virginia. So... So when I was pregnant as a single mom, I was a single mom from the beginning. So when I was pregnant, I went out looking online. You know, you think Google has all the answers. And I went out looking for resources and help and support for myself as a single mom. And the more that I looked, the more frustrated I got. And I thought, you know, how are there this many millions of single moms in the world? And how am I having such problems finding things specifically geared towards me as a single mom? And as I mentioned earlier, I felt really alone and isolated in a, in a lot of aspects. And and the more I looked, the more frustrated I got with what little was offered out there for single moms. And so I started my company, the Single Mom Movement, really to help. Sing, and it really started off 
you know, different than what it is now. It started off that I was just going to coach single moms and, and, and quote unquote help them. And I really didn't know what that looked like or what that meant at the time. But then as the months passed, things transformed as, as I was also personally, you know, just changing. I mean, you can't help but change when something like this happens to you, when you're a single woman, you know, flying here, doing this, you know, living in different countries and, and just living your life for yourself, really. And then you get pregnant unexpectedly. And now, you know, this little person totally depends on you. And so my life transformed and it transformed very quickly. And so through the process of it transforming, the single mom movement also transformed. So now um, we, I, I, do, I do coach single moms, but the single mom movement is a movement. So it, for me, it's more than a business. It's, it's, it's a movement. It's, it's really for everybody to get on board with single moms because we believe single motherhood affects everyone. At the single mom movement, we believe that uh, children deserve opportunity. Children of single moms deserve the same opportunities as every other child deserves. And um, we do that through helping single moms because we want the world to be more family friendly, meaning that, you know, right now people talk about, you know, the nation being family friendly, but there's a lot of things in which that's not the case. And so we're really advocates for, um, for families and for really providing opportunities and possibilities for the children of single moms. And, and in order for us to do that, so we do it through directly single moms by educating and empowering single moms because I believe that in order to empower the children of our future, the single moms need to be educated and empowered as well because how are they going to be able to then empower their children if they don't feel empowered, if they don't feel self-confident, if they don't feel like they can go out there and, and really conquer anything that they set their mind to do. So that's what we do. And so our, our slogan is educate, empower, and unite because we feel when single moms are educated, they're able to empower the children of our future. And when we're able to do that, we're not only able to unite single moms and children and communities, but we're also able to unite countries and then ultimately the world. We really want every single mom, no matter her background, her culture, her country, her race, we want her to feel accepted, loved, appreciated, worthy, because so oftentimes single moms feel unworthy, unworthy um, of, of the money, of you know, making more money. Of, um, they feel like they're worth the labels that get placed on them and all these kind of things. So we want single moms to really be able to raise their heads high and know that they're worth more than what they have now excuse me, and that they deserve more than what they have now, whatever that looks like for them. But we want um, them to feel worth it because when they feel worth it, that also trickles down to their children. And the interesting thing that happens is when you empower single moms and you're able to empower their children, the amazing thing happens in their children because children of single moms have more behavioral health, cognitive, um, and society and uh, social issues than than other children. But when you're able to empower the, the single moms and you empower the children, all of that decreases. Depression decreases, obesity decreases, um, suicide decreases. And so that's what we want. We really want these children to thrive and ultimately single moms and their families to thrive as well. And so one of the things 
we offer is we offer a single mom movement community, which, you know, I talked about earlier about support and being around like-minded single moms. And that's what this community is really about. It's about single moms getting together with other single moms who get it, who understand, who are really there to guide them through their struggles and challenges and lift them up so they can reach their dreams and hopes and so they can better provide for not only themselves, but for their children and their families as well and really go out there and, and, and lead happy, fulfilling lives and not be defined by this label, quote unquote, single mothers or single moms, that they can really become who they're meant to be. So we offer uh, this amazing single mom movement community where um, people just really find their tribe. They, you know, I've heard so many amazing things about the community. Like, where have you been for the past five years? I've been looking for you all my life. You know, I'm so glad that I found you and, and all these kind of things. And it really, you know, validates that um, what we're doing is, is needed out there. And we have people from all over the world in the community now. And it's so amazing to meet people of different cultures and how single moms are viewed in their culture and and just really get a perspective on you know we're all all single moms who are the same even though we're different and so it's really about helping each other grow and, and blossom and, and helping our families and children as well and so we offer that and then another important part of the single mom movement is you know we partner with companies corporations in order not specifically for single moms but in order to really help the work environment. So many single moms are out there working, but really women and employees need that extra empowerment as well. So we teach empowerment and, um, and help people become more productive and also increase their energy levels in the business environment. So, you know, we partner with people like that. We're working on programs to get programs into hospitals for single moms because almost half the babies born every year are born to single moms. And so we feel if we can get single moms at the beginning in the hospitals, that it can not only change the family dynamic, but it can also literally change the economy in the world for um, for single moms around the world. So that's really exciting and fascinating. And there's a definite, there's a huge component of the single mom movement where you can become an advocate. You don't have to be a single mom to get involved because everybody knows a single mom. And like I said, single motherhood affects everyone. So a large part of it is you can just become an advocate and you can join the movement and see how you can get involved and support single moms and support the families that they know. So there's parts of that as well. So we're really excited and really blessed. Um, it's been kind of, uh, you know, an interesting and really amazing ride for me to get to this point and for the single mom movement to not only be formed, but to really develop into what it currently is and really helping single moms even more and for you know if single moms go on our website there's a, a tons of different resources for them whether it's career and development and social uh, home and car repairs activities all kinds of different stuff that they can find more resources in order to help them as single moms because you know at the end of the day we don't necessarily have three hours to go google to to find something that we're looking for, um, nor do we have the time or the patience to go do that at the end of the day. So there's different ways that they can find those resources. And that's also ways for companies and businesses to get themselves out there in a bigger way. If their target market is women or moms or single moms, that they can be a provider on our resource page. So single moms are able to find them as well. 
So it certainly sounds like a fantastic movement. I wish you had been there when I needed you early in the 1990s. I know, Virginia. I can't tell you how many people tell me that. Where have you been? Yeah, I'm sure you hear that a lot. You've talked talked about educating single moms and giving them resources and helping them connect with each other to have the support that they need. What about society? Do we need to educate our society about how to do better so that single moms can have better lives and give their children better lives and better opportunities? Oh, Virginia, I could talk all day about society and single moms. (laughs) Yes, we do. And, you know, and that's a huge component because, which is why I'm such, you know, an advocate for people who want to just be an advocate for single moms because they may not be a single mom themselves, but they see how society treats and how single moms and how single moms are affected in society. One of the things that I'm personally doing next year is I've been invited to go to my state capitol and talk on behalf of bills that affect families and specifically about, you know, what society is doing to help these single moms. And part of it is education because if society keeps believing everything in print, if society keeps believing everything that the media throws out, which right now they are, you know, you can find out that, you know, single moms have, you know, have basically ruined the fabric of America, quote unquote. That's what I read in one article that Republicans are saying about single moms. And and that's just it. Is you read, you know, when people in society read articles like that, they buy into it. They buy into it. And and the sad thing is, is then that they go and tell other people about it and go and tell other people about it. And then it skews people's opinions of single moms. And what's interesting is everybody knows a single mom. But when you say single mothers to someone, if I say, hey, Bobby, you know, such and such about single moms, he's not thinking of the single mom he knows. He's thinking of every other single mom that he lumps some, but it's not the single mom he knows because the single mom he knows is not them. Oh, that's not my sister. That She's not like that, blah, blah, blah. But every other single mom is. And that's what happens is that people don't ever think of the single mom they know in this stereotype or, you know, quote unquote, ruining the fabric, ruining the fabric of America. They think of every other single mom doing that. Well, every other single mom is someone's sister, someone's friend, someone's something who also is not doing that. But so these are go ahead. The articles that you're referring to that blame single moms for a lot of society's problems. Do uh-huh. they say anything about the dads who were involved in the creation of these babies? Uh, no. And and that's what's frustrating, Virginia, is it's like, you know, okay, great. So you're blaming single moms, but where's the responsibility of the men? There's, I mean, none of them hold the men accountable. And what I mean by none is I've never read a single article and I read articles all the time about single mothers, never read a single article saying, well, where's the guy? Um, Let's hold these men accountable. Let's hold them responsible. I mean, it's interesting because even the child support system needs a tremendous amount of help because right now it favors, you know, the term Debbie dad, it favors the Debbie dad. And people wonder why single moms are working two jobs, why, you know, they're barely making 
happens to me, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, see, the, the dads who are responsible for the child support, nothing's happening to them. Like, they're not being held accountable when they're being irresponsible and not paying the child support, but nothing's being done about that. And so it's like a vicious cycle, but we can keep blaming, we can keep blaming the mom, we can keep blaming the mom and just keep cutting the data break and cut the data break and cut the data break, but something's got to give. And so, um, and so I, that's like a really, really hot button for me as the child support system is because there's not enough being done about that. And if we did more for that, it would support single moms more. And all, of, and so what's interesting is if we, if we, you know, created a child support system that supported the single mothers and the families more, then more single moms would be off of welfare, meaning more taxpayers would not be paying for helping single moms on welfare because they wouldn't be on welfare. And so it's all a cycle, um, but yet nothing's being done about it because right now taxpayers are paying a lot for single moms on welfare. Well, if we held that men more accountable, gave single moms the child support they are owed, allowed them to get off welfare, then tax it would save the taxpayers money as well. But, you know, it takes something like this in order for, you know, the line to be drawn from A to B to B to C because people aren't drawing that line. You know, people aren't talking about all of that. I do need to disagree with you a little bit on the child support issue because I have certainly met dads who are being very responsible and supporting their kids financially while the kids live primarily with their moms. I've also seen the child support enforcement in some jurisdictions, and it varies, I think, a lot from one jurisdiction to another. Uh-huh. But I've, I've seen it in some places be pretty effective at collecting payments that the court has said are due. Well, I know we're almost out of time, and I mean, I could go all day about this, but... You know, when I talk about the child support system, it is not knocking the fabulous men out there who are paying their child support and and being responsible and held accountable. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, um, you know, it's interesting because there's such a small fraction of single moms who actually get child support Virginia, and the average amount is $300 a month. So that's what I mean by the child support system. Like, that's not acceptable for a mom to be getting $300 a month. $300 a month? That was the amount Um, you said? Yeah. The majority, there's less than a third of single moms get child support. And on average, single moms get $300 a month for child support. This is... This is a terrible place to have to wrap up the show, but we are almost out of time. It's, can we end on a positive? Can we end on a positive note somehow? Absolutely, yes. You know, the thing that single moms need to know is that you know, even if they're not getting child support, that's just a small fraction. You know, they're doing a fantastic job out there, and they're doing it every single day. And they just need to cut themselves a break, give themselves permission to you know, being perfect and not have everything figured out, go out there and get the support they need. And, and at the end of the day, love themselves and and love what they're doing for their families, because the only thing their kids really need are them. Okay, we're out of time. Thank you, Jessica Rector of the singlemommovement.com.
Thank you for joining us this week on Family Matters. Please tune in for another edition featuring host Dr. Virginia Collin next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be kind, heal, and grow. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 